to welcome you back. I'm glad you could join us this morning, and I hope you're doing well. I know everybody's tired of this old coronavirus, but uh, we are still continuing on. That's all we can do. Uh, only the Lord knows how long this will last, and uh, Lord willing, we'll be back to church eventually, uh, but it could still be a few more weeks. But we're going to keep on uh, putting these sermons online, and uh, I want to remind everybody and let you know I'm here for you. I'm still praying for you. I hadn't forgot about you. And if there's something you need during this time, don't forget I'm just to call away. We're going to start off with some worship this morning. And so I want you to sit back and just spend some time and get ready for this. And, and I hope you can worship the Lord and praise the Lord today. And once the music service is over, uh, I'll be back and we'll jump into the Word. So let's get started. <laughs>
All right, let's get into the Word. We're going to be in John 3 this morning. John 3, we're going to start in verse 22, and we're going to read through verse 30. John 3, verses 22 through 30. Now, I'll give you a little background before we dig in so you'll know what happened up to this point. So when we jump in at verse 22, you're not uh, just kind of lost there where we are. In the verses before this, uh, Jesus had met with a guy by the name of Nicodemus. So Nicodemus was asking how to be born again, and Jesus proceeds to tell him that it's only through him that he can be born again, that we have light, uh, life through Jesus Christ, that he is the light. Now that's kind of summing up those first few verses, but you can go back and read the first part of John 3 if you would like to. Uh, you probably may have heard the verse John 3.16, but if you've never heard it, I would encourage you to go read John 3.16 and 17. Uh, beautiful verses. And that's uh, the events that took place right before what we're reading today is when Jesus was trying to lead Nicodemus to him. We're going to pick up today in verse 22. We're going to pray and then we'll jump into the text. So let's pray. God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for these good words. And I pray that you hide me behind the cross, dear Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit would recall to my mind exactly the things that your people need to hear. And I pray that you just open our hearts and open our minds to hear you today, that we're drawn closer to you, dear Lord, that we desire to, to live for you and not for us. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be in verse 22. John chapter 3, verse 22. After this, that is after Jesus and Nicodemus has had their conversation, after this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside, where he spent time with them and baptized. John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was plenty of water there. People were coming and being baptized, since John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing, and everyone is flocking to him. John responded, no one can receive a single thing unless it's given to him from heaven. You yourself can testify that I said, I'm not the Messiah, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Now, this is a beautiful passage. What's taking place is we see John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was introduced to us earlier in the book of John, and he was preparing the way for Jesus. Now, this was prophesied way back in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, that one was going to come before the Messiah and was going to prepare the way for him. John the Baptist was the one that was being prophesied about. He had begun to baptize, but he told the people and he told those who were following him that, look, there's one coming after me. And earlier in the book of John, John the Baptist even pointed out when Jesus came onto the scene, here comes the Lamb of God. And so he had prepared the way for the people. He had even specifically pointed out to those who had heard him say that, that Jesus was the Messiah who was coming. He was the Lamb. Now, John had his work to do. He was to baptize the people. He was to let the people know that Jesus was coming. But John didn't think too highly of himself. John recognized what his job was, and his job was to see that Jesus Christ 
was glorified, was to see that Jesus Christ was lifted up, that was to see that Jesus Christ was the most important, that people would turn to Jesus and follow him and not follow John. Now, John doesn't appear to have any problem with this. He was, he was eager and ready for his job, for his position, for his calling to point people toward the Messiah. And even though there were people who were flocking to John, he never, uh, in the scriptures, it all seems like he's wanting the attention. He's always pointing people to Jesus. And here in this passage, uh, some of his disciples come to him and say, look, Jesus is here and he's baptizing people too. And John was not, not phased by that in the least. And he says at the end of this passage, he says, look, in verse 29, he who has the bride is the groom. But the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. Now John wasn't upset that Jesus was attracting more people and had begun to baptize people. John was rejoicing at what was taking place and he uses this beautiful illustration of marriage. We see that illustration often in scripture. Now we see the illustration that Jesus is the groom. And we, the church, those who follow him, we are the bride. John knew what his calling was. His calling was to prepare the people for Jesus and get them ready for the groom who was going to come and collect his bride. Now, we become the bride of Jesus Christ by putting our faith in him and by following him. John looked at himself as more of a best man. He says, yeah, my job is just to get things ready, but when the groom comes, I rejoice because I've done my job and the bride is ready for the groom to come and marry her and take her away. And what a beautiful illustration John uses here. Uh, John was thrilled to serve the Lord. He was thrilled to serve Jesus. He was thrilled for Jesus to come onto the scene and to be able to do his work and for people to be able to follow him. That was John's goal. That was John's calling. That was John's desire was to point people to Jesus Christ. And that should be your desire and my desire today. That was most important to John, that, that Jesus would increase in John's life and that John would decrease. That last verse that we read, verse 30, it says, He, that is Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. Now I want to tell you, we need to think about those words today. We need to think about what John says right here because if we live by these words, I want to tell you what, we are going to grow in our relationship with the Lord and we are going to be blessed by Him. And you may not even can imagine how God will use you if you begin to allow Jesus Christ to increase in your life and you begin to decrease. If we look at ourselves the way John looked at himself and said, look, I have come here and as a follower of the Lord, as a servant of the Lord, I am ready to put all the focus on Jesus Christ and to give him all the glory and for all the work I do to point people to him. If we have that same mindset in our life, then boy, we will have joy in our life and blessings in our life that we cannot even imagine. John knew what his mission was as a servant of the Lord and his mission was to point people to the Messiah. Now I want to tell you today that that's your mission and my mission too. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's exactly what God has called you to. That's exactly what Jesus himself called us all to. When Jesus had been resurrected from the grave and he had been with his disciples for a little while before he ascended back to heaven, he told them in Matthew 28, I want you to go and make disciples of all people and I want you to baptize them in my name. 
That's what Jesus wanted his disciples to do was to teach people about him and to lead people to him. And I want to tell you, that's what Jesus calls us to do today. If we are his disciples, if we are his followers, the mission that he called those who were with him back then to do is the same mission that he calls you and I to today. And that is to make disciples who are going to follow him that we put Jesus Christ first, and that we make sure that he is increasing, that people are looking to him and not looking to us. And John said, he must increase, but I must decrease. Jesus must be first, but I must be second. Now, we got to think about that for a second, and we really need to look at our life, and we need to see if that's the order that things are in in our life. Now, we may say with our mouth, because it's the right thing to say, that Jesus is first. He's at the top. But I want to ask you today, is Jesus really first in your life? Is he really at the top of your life? Or have you put yourself first? Have you, seek, uh, have you been seeking in your life to make sure that, that you are increasing in all that you do and all that you have, in your importance and your significance and how people view you? Because I'll tell you today that if we are seeking to increase ourselves, then all the while that we're trying to increase ourselves, Jesus is decreasing. All the while that we're trying to increase ourselves, people are not focused on Jesus, but oftentimes we draw the attention to us. And we may realize it or we may not even realize it. Now John realized what his calling was. He knew the significance of Jesus Christ and he knew and he desired that Jesus would increase, that Jesus would grow more, that more people would go to Jesus and people would think less and less of him, but Jesus would be the focus of the people. Now that needs to be our goal today. That needs to be our desire today. But that's a hard thing maybe for us to do. It's something that we probably have to work in. Because as human beings, our natural desire is to and desire to better ourselves, desire to increase things in our life. Everything in our life, it seems like we want to increase what's there. In a little while, I'm going to be editing the video of this sermon, and my computer's not going to be as fast as I wished it would be. And, and while I'm waiting, I'm going to be sitting there wishing that my, my computer's power would increase, that I had a faster computer to edit the video faster. We, we see people when we drive by gyms or maybe you go to gyms and people are flocking in there and boy, they're pumping that iron and they're, and they're exercising and they're working hard because they want their muscles uh, to be increased. They want their strength to be increased. We work hard. We work overtime. Uh, we do all these jobs and, and, and we look forward to a promotion because we want our paycheck to be increased. We take the money that we receive and we try to invest it wisely so that it will increase. And we work harder and harder at our jobs so we can go from the lowly position to the higher position so that our stature and our position in the company will increase. We work hard and hard and hard so we can get people to fill into the churches so that our numbers will increase. We do a lot of things in our life so that people will look at us and say, boy, look at how he's getting better in life. Look at how he's climbing in his job. Look at how she's making more money than she used to, how she's making more money than other people. Look at how their church is increasing in size. Look at how big and strong he or she is from the exercise that they're doing. And oftentimes, the things that we do, 
We are increasing ourselves in a worldly way that's drawing all the attention to us. Now, sometimes we do that unknowingly, and other times, even worse, we do it wanting to draw the attention to us. We want to increase. We want people to think more of us. We want people to think more of our churches because we have increased, and we are strong, and we have large numbers, and we've got a big bank account. And all of these things in this world that seem natural to us that are human desires are things that make us want to increase ourselves. But I want to tell you that if our main goal and our main focus is on any of those things or any other things I didn't mention, if that's our goal and our focus, I'll tell you who's being increased in that time. It's you and me that are being increased in that time. People may recognize our increase, they may look at us, and they may think more of us in a worldly sense, but I want to tell you today that that's not what God desires of your life. That God doesn't desire for you to be the, the most famous person in the world. He doesn't desire for you to be the strongest person in the world. He doesn't desire for you to be just the richest person in the world. He doesn't desire for you to be any of those things. That's not what's most important to him. Now, he may allow you to have some of those things, some of those riches. He does want us to be healthy. There's nothing wrong if God is to bless us with funds or God is to bless us with strength. There's nothing wrong with us going to the gym and being healthy, and there's nothing wrong with a large church. There's nothing wrong with all of those things I have said unless all of those things I have mentioned are things that are made uh, meant to make us increase and to make us look better all the while, the focus is not put on Jesus Christ. Now, we need to look at our lives, and we need to say, God, are there things in my life that I'm doing, and maybe I don't recognize that I'm really just increasing myself, but dear Lord, I'm not, I'm not doing anything to put the focus on you. And there may be some of us, and we look at our life and say, yeah, there's some things that I'm doing. And really, if we look down deep and we dig deep, we say, God, I do want people to look at me. I do want people to think highly of me. I do want to be in the spotlight. I do want people to applaud what I do and see how great I am. Now that's a good temptation of the devil. And that's pride right there. And we really have to make sure that we humble ourselves. And we may have to check ourselves often to make sure that we don't fall into that trap of making ourselves be built up all the while Jesus is sitting on the sidelines. Now, for those of you who have never accepted Jesus Christ, you don't know any better. You don't know any different. But I want to tell you today, if you're building yourself up, you're only building yourself up for a fall. Because, boy, there's going to come a day when all of these things of the world have passed from you. It may be in your lifetime. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be at the end of your lifetime. But there's coming a day that all that we build up in this world is going to be gone. All the increase that we have, no matter how strong we've made ourselves, no matter how much money we've got in the bank, no matter how high of a position our job is, there's coming a day that all of those things are going to fall. No matter how much we've increased, all things are going to be gone if that's all we've put our faith and trust in are these things of the world. But I want to tell you today that if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, what he gives you can never be taken away. He gives you the peace and the comfort and the joy. He gives you the eternal water to fill you up. He feeds you so that you'll never be hungry again, and all that comes through him. 
All those things that we desire most deep down inside, I'm going to tell you, they come through Jesus Christ. Now, there may be others of you watching this sermon today, listening to it online, and you may, you may really be a follower of Jesus Christ, but you may have really been focused on increasing your own, your own life and your own self to look better. But I want to tell you today, you need to recognize that that's not what God is calling you to. Now, John recognized that. He had a high position. He was a man that was prophesied about in Scripture. He was coming and people were flocking to him to be baptized. And as soon as Jesus came onto the scene, he said, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. Now, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that needs to be what happens in our life. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we need to realize, dear Lord Jesus, you are so much greater than I am. God, Jesus, you are the Son of God. Jesus, you gave your life so that I could be forgiven. Jesus, you showed us what it means to love. Jesus, you showed us what it means to be humble. Jesus, you love me enough to die on a cross for me. And Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to humble myself before you so that you can increase. Lord Jesus, everything I'm going to do, I want to do it so that people will look at you. Lord Jesus, if I'm blessed with things of this world, so be it. But let me use them for you. We have to be careful because we live in a world where, boy, it, it, it looks good to want that attention and it feels good to get that attention and it feels good when we increase in all of those areas of our life. But I want to tell you, it doesn't feel nearly as good as when we allow Jesus to increase in our life. When we take the focus off of us and we say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to put the focus on you. Lord Jesus, I want you to increase in my life. Lord Jesus, let me decrease so that you can increase. Now that's the desire that we should have. That's the desire of our heart. And it may not, to the world's eyes, as we begin to live for Jesus, it may not look like we're doing much. In the world's eyes, it may look like the things we are doing are insignificant and unimportant. In the world's eyes, the things that we do, we may say, well, I'm not really working for the Lord. I'm not really serving the Lord. But I want to tell you today, the little things that you can do to put Jesus Christ first are the things that are going to make the biggest difference in the world. Now, you can promote yourself all day. You can draw attention to yourself all day. But I want to tell you what that's not going to do. That's not going to save a single soul. If you get everybody in the world to focus on you and talk about how strong you are, how rich you are, how good looking you are, how smart you are, how high of a position you have, you can convince everybody in the world to look at you and focus on you, but I'll tell you what you'll never do. You'll never save a single soul that way. But I want to tell you, if you love people like Jesus did, if you point people to Jesus Christ, you'll have a far greater impact than anything you can do when you try to increase your life. But when you begin to decrease in your life and you begin to allow Jesus Christ to increase, I want to tell you what, you'll change the world. You'll change the lives of the people around you and souls will be saved. If you work on increasing yourself, people will see you in this world, but I'll tell you where they won't see you. They won't see you in the kingdom of God if your main focus is to lift yourself up. 
because you won't be there. You won't be part of God's kingdom. You won't be with God for all of eternity. If you've only focused on increasing yourself and not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but I want to tell you, if you trust him today and you allow him to increase in your life, you won't have people just seeing you in this life, but you'll be able to see Jesus. You'll be able to see all those affected, all those who have come uh, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ by putting him first. You'll get to see them and they'll get to see you for all of eternity and you can rejoice in the Lord and praise him together. When we put Jesus first, I'm going to tell you it's the little things that make a difference and it's the little things that the world sees. I'll tell you a story. Just a few months ago, my wife and I were going to the doctor and we'd been in the doctor's office for a while and as we were walking out the door, there was a little, a little covered place where people can pull in and drop off and we walking down through there and I'm just talking and be bopping down through there. I ain't paying no, no attention in the world. I look over, my wife's gone. She's not beside me anymore. I turn around and there's a car that had pulled up as we were walking out and there was an older couple that was in that car and it was a, 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 a woman, I'm assuming this man's wife, who had pulled up and this man was trying to get out of the passenger side and she had seen him coming and she saw that he was having trouble getting out of the car and she had enough wherewithal to pay attention to notice that there was a need and she had turned around to go back to help this man get out of the car. And here I am, fat, dumb, and happy, just walking down through there, ain't paying attention, ain't helping nobody, and then I feel guilty thinking, man, Lord, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I do that? But she did, praise the Lord, because she's good in that way, and she sees a little stuff. That's a gift that God has given her. And she goes and she helps the man out of this car, and the man says something to the effect of, you must be a believer, or you must be a follower of Jesus. I don't remember exactly what he said. And I was amazed at that. Just from that act of kindness that somebody stopped, turned around, and came to help this man out of the car, instantly he saw that there was something different about her, and she didn't have to say a word about Jesus Christ. Now I want to tell you that if we do little things like that, they'll have an impact in this world. Oftentimes we say, boy, I want to serve Jesus, and i got to serve him by doing something big and grand, and going somewhere and serving as a missionary in some other country, but I want to tell you, there's opportunities to love and serve the Lord right around you all the time, and you may be like me that day, and you walked right past it and didn't even see it. Ask the, ask the Lord to help you see those things and open your eyes to those things. Because I want to tell you, that guy knew that moment in an instant because somebody stopped to help him that there was something different about her. That there was love there that the rest of the world didn't have. And I want to tell you today that those type of things will change the world. I promise you they will. When people see love like that, we don't have to go around and stand on the street corner. We don't have to yell God's word with a megaphone. But when we genuinely love and care and, and help people in that way, those are the types of things that are going to change the world. They're going to change the world way more than getting on Facebook and ranting. They're going to change the world way more than any politician. They're going to change the world more than most of the things you and I can do when we love the Lord and we serve Him and we help people the way He helped people and genuinely care for them. That's the type of thing that's going to change the world. And too many times we miss those little things because we say that. Well, that's not nothing. That's not important. That's insignificant. That's not really serving the Lord, but I want to tell you today that that is serving the Lord. I want to tell you today that in John chapter 13, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and that may seem like an insignificant thing, but I want to tell you what, that's what a servant's heart is, to be able to do whatever someone needs to show them love. 
Now that's what Jesus did, and there are lots of little opportunities like that all around us that we may could do, that we may be missing. And I want to encourage you today to seek the Lord and don't miss those opportunities to love on people. Just yesterday, I watched a great video from Samaritan's Purse. You may have heard of them. They're a great Christian organization that helps people all over the world in all different ways. And in this video, they showed this, this looked like a park area or maybe a football field, and there were all these big old huge white tents that were set up in New York City. And these tents were set up to be able to hold people who had the coronavirus. And these people were shut off from the rest of the world. They were shut up inside these tents. They can't see their family. They can't see their friend. All they see is those doctors and nurses and those volunteers from Samaritan's Purse that are working there, that are there to take care of them and there to help them. And what a beautiful story it was to see these men and these women as they begin to talk and they begin to tell their stories and they begin to pour their heart out about how much God has blessed them by being able to serve those people. That as no one else can be around, as their families and their friends aren't there, and these people are dying of the coronavirus right in front of them every day, that they are there and they're able to hold their hands and they're able to tell them that God loves them. That what they're doing is, is dangerous and it's dirty and they themselves could be affected and they themselves could, could, could catch this virus and the things that they're doing, you know what they're doing? They're emptying bedpans. And you know what else they're doing? They're praising the Lord. They're talking about how much of a blessing it is that they get to be there with dying people and hold their hands and empty their bedpans and serve the Lord. Now I want to tell you, the world will hear that story and they'll see stuff like that and maybe some of you and they'll say, boy, that don't seem like a blessing. To empty bedpans all day, that ain't a blessing. But I want to tell you what, when you're doing something to love other people and serve the Lord, no matter how dirty it may seem, I'm telling you, when you love the Lord and you love people and you serve them the way the Lord served them, I want to tell you that's going to be a bigger blessing to you than if you had all the money in the world. You see, the devil gets us with stuff like that. He tells us, boy, you don't want to serve the Lord. You're not going to get no blessings out of that. You're going to get a dirty, nasty job. Washing people's feet, emptying bedpans, going to countries to serve people where there's no electricity, no running water. You don't want to serve the Lord. Look at what, look at what the Lord's going to do for you. He's going to put you in a place like that. And then the devil will say something like, but look at what I can offer you. Live for the world. Get you a little money. Get you a good job. Get big and strong. Look good. Feel good. You deserve it. After all, you work hard. And it doesn't take much convincing sometimes for the worldly way of the devil to sound really good to us. And we get these things of the world and we think we're blessed. And in some way we are. In some ways God does bless us with those things. But I want to tell you that I believe these worldly blessings that we get pale in comparison to the blessings that these men and women are getting that are serving these people with the coronavirus in New York. I can tell you they're experiencing joy. You can see the passion. You can see it in their eyes. You can see the sadness in their heart, but you can see the joy in their heart to know that they are serving the Lord. And that's how God blesses us. 
in ways that we don't ever imagine. But I want to tell you today, I want to tell you today and I want to encourage you. There may be some things that you've passed up because they look too scary and too dirty, but I want to tell you today that if you do those things, you may just find that you get blessed more in those things than you could have ever imagined. You may find that by doing the hard work and doing the dirty work and doing the scary work, you may receive more blessing in that than you ever have seen in your life. It's blessing that won't come in your bank account. It's blessing that won't result in bigger muscles. It's blessings that probably not going to give you a promotion at work. But it's blessings that are far greater than all of those things. And too many times we miss the way that God really wants to bless us because we see the things that he calls us to and we say, oh no God. Oh no God, I'm above that. I'm a CEO of a company. I'm a millionaire. I'm a preacher. I'm above that. I don't, I don't need to do that job, dear Lord. That's for the lower people. Let me tell you something. You know who the lower people are? The followers of Jesus Christ. We are the lower people. We are the ones that God's word calls to decrease. We are the ones that are to follow the example of Jesus Christ, who in John 13 kneeled down the Savior of the world. And I know I preached on this a couple weeks ago, but it's good. Listen to it again. The Savior of the world kneeled down and he, and he washed the feet of the disciples and took that low job. He decreased right there. He did the, the humbling thing. We are the lower people, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not the ones who are called to look the best in the world. In the worldly sense, we are the ones who are called to humble ourselves to the world and say, Lord, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to go where you need me to go and I'm going to do what you need me to do. Lord, help me to decrease. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you increase. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Boy, we miss that, don't we? Boy, we get caught up sometimes in increasing in ourselves. And all the while, Jesus is sitting on the wayside. And we go to church, and we go through the motions, and we live for the world, and we feel pretty good about it. And we say, but I do, I do love Jesus, and I do believe he's the Son of God. Well, praise the Lord. Maybe you do. Maybe you're really his. But I want to tell you today that Jesus wants more from you than just going to church every day. He wants more from you than just praying to him a little while, once a week. You know, God wants more than weekend visitation. Sometimes that's how we figure it out. We work in our mind what's important, what's good, what we need to do. We say, oh, well, I give God every weekend. That's enough, right? Two days a week, one day a week, whatever it is, Wednesday, Sunday. We give God that weekend visitation, but I want to tell you that God doesn't want to just be with you and see you one day a week. He wants to be part of your life every day. He wants to speak into your life every day. He wants you to be obedient to him every day. He wants to increase in your life, and he wants the things of this world to decrease in your life. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know if things are going good for you. I don't know if things are going bad for you. I don't know if you're serving the Lord. I don't know if you're not serving the Lord. I don't know if you're a believer. I don't know if you've never trusted Jesus Christ. I don't know any of those things. 
But one, let me tell you this. If you're not following Jesus Christ, if you're trying to find fulfillment by increasing all the worldly things in your life, you're never going to be filled, I'll tell you that. You only can be forgiven. You only can feel, be filled with joy and peace and, and comfort through Jesus Christ by putting your faith in him today and seeking him and saying, Lord Jesus, I come to you and I repent of my sins to live worldly and I come to you and I ask that you forgive me. That's the only way you're going to find peace and be filled. That's the first thing I'll tell you today. If you had not put your faith in him, you need to follow Jesus today. And the second thing I'm going to tell you is when you do that, whether you're doing it today for the first time or whether you've done it for 50 years, whether you've been following the Lord that long, I want to tell you this, that what God desires in our life is that he would increase, that we would humble ourselves, that we would not let pride get the best of us, that we would not live for the world, but that the Lord would increase in our life, that we would learn to be more like him, that we would love him more, and that we would love others more. Well, that's the gospel. That's what, that's what God calls us to, to put our faith in Jesus Christ, to love God with all of our heart, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, Jesus said that. I didn't say that. Jesus said it, and I can't say it any better. There's no more simple way to say that. When Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? What's most important? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now I want to tell you, there's a lot of you watching this and you say, boy, I wish our world would change. You want to change the world, you let the Lord increase in your life. You let the Lord increase and you decrease. You begin to love the Lord, and when you feel the love of the Lord, when you feel the joy of the Lord, when you feel the compassion of the Lord, the forgiveness of the Lord, when you feel that, and God has transformed your life, and He has lifted you up, and you feel joy, and you feel peace, and you feel comfort, and you feel love, when you do that, when you trust in the Lord and put Him first, when you feel all those things, you need to take those things, and you need to go into the world, and you need to let the world see those things in you. And all the things you do, I want to tell you now, you don't have to go to another country. You don't have to go to another state. You don't have to do something big and fancy. It may just be helping the old lady at the store get her groceries to the car. Whatever it may be, you may be surprised that if you do more of those little things, if you ask God to show you those opportunities, and you see people that you can help, and you see people that you can love, and you see people that you can serve, even if it's dirty and nasty, when you begin to see those things and do them, I want to tell you God's going to bless you. I want to tell you that you're going to experience more blessing than probably you've ever experienced in your life. And that's what God calls us to do. Love Him and love our neighbor. If you want to see change in the world, that's how you're going to see change in the world. You can elect any president under the sun next election. I want to tell you, he's not going to bring change in the world, at least not the change that we need. The change that we need comes only through Jesus Christ. And when people see the love of Jesus Christ through us, we can say, hey, let me tell you about my Savior. Let me tell you why I love. I love because he first loved me. That's what God calls us to. Let's let Jesus increase in our life. Let's look at the words of John here and let's say, Lord, let me decrease so that you can increase. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these words. What a beautiful passage. 
What a beautiful call you put on our life in Scripture, dear Lord. And I pray, God, that you would help us to decrease in all that we do and help you to increase, dear Lord, that we don't worry about putting the attention on us, God, but that we seek to serve you. Dear Lord, sometimes it's tough, sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's dirty. But God, I pray that we would serve you and that we would love other people the way that you do. That God, that even though situations may be scary, we wouldn't let our faith be outweighed by our fear, dear Lord. And things that you call us to do, the world may say stupid. The world may say it's foolish, dear Lord. But God, if we're doing it because we love you, well, then it's not foolish at all. God, if we're doing it because we love you, we're we doing it in faith. And so, God, I pray that whatever you may have called us to do or may call us to do, dear Lord, in the future, that we'd be obedient to it, dear Lord. If you've called us to it, dear Lord, I pray that we would just trust you and not be afraid and that we would just serve you no matter how, how dirty or how scary you call it may be. Dear Lord, help us not to miss the simple opportunities, things that we would consider simple. Dear Lord, it may mean the world to somebody. It may change their day. They may see Jesus Christ through us, dear Lord, put their faith in him, and it may change their eternity. So, dear Lord, I pray that you would help us to love people the same way that you love people. God, help us to love you with all of our heart, and God, help us to love our neighbor. Anybody we encounter, anybody we see, dear Lord, I hope, I hope that we love them as ourselves, as your word commands. And God, I thank you for these good words, and I pray that if there's one that hadn't put their faith in Jesus today, that they would do it. And God, I pray for those who have, that we would not fall into the trap of putting ourselves first, but God, we would decrease in our life so that Jesus can increase. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvnme.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.